Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad well, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, it's Thursday, November 4th, and welcome back to the Daily Blitz. I'm your host for today, John Legeza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A, or just type in NFL, moving averages into the Bluebird Twitter machine. Our host is not with us today, he's prepping for the big Friday show. In case you haven't caught it yet, the Friday episode is a cannot miss. Make some time in your schedule while you got something to do. Me and Maddie go game by game doing every single thing you can imagine fantasy betting dfs the entire nine prop plays every single thing that you can think about when it comes to the nfl nuance context making money and having some fun let's kick off the thursday show with some news and notes the main headline of course was aaron Rodgers, who tested positive for covid19 he will not play this week because of his status he has to be out for 10 days putting him in question for next week as well. Amari Cooper practiced. Kyler Murray did not, but they said he could play without practicing. DeAndre Hopkins did not practice. Christian McCaffrey is designated to return. Keep your eye on the betting board and the DFS pricing there. You know the man is unbelievable. And if he goes right back to that role, they didn't lose a game with him in the background. Kenny Galladay is back practicing for the Giants. They're going to need that because Sterling Shepard is expected to quote-unquote miss some time. Giants play the Raiders week nine and go on by. It's possible he'll just be gone for that, but the quad definitely has him out for this week. Uh, if you didn't see Henry Ruggs with the Raiders, really a disgraceful display of behavior and a waste of talent from that young man. Just, just awful. I hope he gets what he deserves. Michael Thomas for the Saints said he'll be out for the rest of the season. Uh, I didn't really draft him anywhere in best ball. I'm kind of a conservative player. I don't like to take zeros. The people that invested in him will get nothing but goose egg, sorry, kind of not sorry. Michael Gallup with the Cowboys is hopeful to play this week. The reports he's taking it slow, but if he comes back, he could make an impact right off the bat, although you know there's a lot of mouths to feed. In Dallas, I would still add a player like Gallup. He's one injury away from being an every week starter. Saquon Barkley tested positive for COVID-19. His status allows him to come back with two negative tests. Not sure he'll be able to get cleared for Sunday, so I think that puts Booker in line for another start. Terrence Marshall with the concussion returned to practice. Packers signed Blake Bortles. That was a subsequent move after Aaron Rodgers, though Jordan Love is going to get the ball. You want to add him everywhere. Calvin Ridley still away from the team. There's really no news on that yet. Dak Prescott did practice Wednesday. He should be back. Odell Beckham with the Browns. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a disaster. The Browns are reporting they're not willing to waive him as the team attempts to reach a financial solution. That's a quote from Jason LaConforta with the fans. I don't know. I actually thought they were going to let him go, maybe let him produce somewhere else. There's a couple teams that could use him, like the Packers and the Saints. But the Browns said no. I guess they're going to try and get it right with ODB. Not sure how that's going to work out. Josh Jacobs, that we ran out in our DFS lineups, is practicing. But man, coming off an injury, a lot of times I am reticent to give those players the start. Darren Waller is practicing, so it looks like Matt and I's trip, or plan trip, I should say, to the island of Foster Moreau is canceled, at least temporarily for the Panthers. Sam 
Darnold with the concussion was extremely limited. That's the quote. But if they're limited, it is a pretty optimistic start for the week. So if you were holding on to those PJ Walker shares, not sure what you want to do with those. Julio Jones is back at practice. The Tennessee Titans could desperately use him after losing Henry. That entire Titans team might be undergoing a fundamental shift in the way they run their games. You know, you lose a guy that was getting 100% of the carries and it wasn't 15, it was 30. You're going to have to make some changes to New Orleans. We go. Taysom Hill returned to practice. I believe that he will get the start, but Trevor Simeon got to keep an eye on him. Either way, not really liking the Saints, particularly with Hill. Don't like the prospect of Kamara with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Debo Samuel did not practice, but they've been nursing the calf. And same for James Robinson. He did not practice with the heel, but they didn't sound too down on his chances to return. So I think Robinson does have a chance to return, though something I mentioned yesterday, it's become almost impossible to back the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not just a talent issue. They make every single mistake imaginable. I think there were just a few more little notes here. Uh, yes, Matt Stafford didn't practice, but Mavey says he'll play. Cardinals place A.J. Green on the COVID-19 list. The Jets, who play tonight, we'll get into that preview in a little bit. List Corey Davis is doubtful, so I don't think you'll see him. And the Bears reported that David Montgomery with the, with the knee may sit through Week 10. Of course, they've been getting a tremendous boost from Khalil Herbert. There's really no need to rush back anybody. In fact, they might be scratching their chins with how they're going to have their running back usage look going forward. All right, that's our news and notes heading into the weekend. Let's jump into tonight's Thursday night football game with my J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 heading to Indy to face the Colts. I say this every single Thursday. I do not like Thursday night football. I think it skews all results. I think it's hard for the players to recoup. I downright don't think it's right to put them in that position. Football being nearly impossible to imagine being able to recover from after seven days, let alone whacking that time frame in half and then throwing off all of the healing regiments and routines, practice, healing, and otherwise that players have. I really am fundamentally against Thursday night football, yet here we are. Jets on the road, 10-point dogs to the Colts, the total smack in the middle at 45-5, which generally is what the books do when they don't know what to do exactly with the Jets coming off the big win against the Bengals, coming off before that a tremendous loss to the Patriots. I don't think the Jets are a team to lose by 50. I also don't think they're a team that could beat anybody decent, but you did see their game plan play out pretty well. Cincinnati is very good up front on defense at the line of scrimmage. The Jets made sure to have the ball out within two seconds every single play. We saw Mike White doing just that. He was 37 for 45. He threw for 400 yards, three touchdowns, and yes, there were two picks, but they weren't his fault. You know, I watch every single game so you don't have to. Those picks were not bad passes. They were tipped. Bengals defense is opportunistic. Uh, And I guess, you know, that almost makes an argument for maybe that game could have even slanted further towards the Jets, but I'm pumping the brakes on this one. The Bengals were not able to convert first and goals into touchdowns twice in the first half. That really came back and bit them, and they looked like they were going to cover as late as the third when it kind of fell apart with another turnover. So, again, you just really want to pump the brakes on the Jets. But getting back to what I was saying about Thursday, not sure they get covered up by double digits. Let's take a look. Yes, the Jets' offense has been putrid, but I think you have to take the season-long stats and get rid of it. The player you got to be looking at right now is Michael Carter. The usage just through the roof. 11 carries in week 7, up to 15 in week 8, but he also tacked on 9 receptions. He's up to 17 receptions in his last two weeks. The other running 
running back Ty Johnson has 11 believe it or not yes 11 and 17 28 completions to the running back in the last two games now that's the kind of thing in football even if you know it's coming it's not necessarily something you can stop because the pass happens at or behind the line of scrimmage the Colts are going to have to keep the Jets from maximizing those yards after contact that they did so well against the Bengals with so there's the Jets offense really not much to speak of that has anything to do with depth so if we're looking at White we also want to be looking at Michael Carter we want to be looking at Ty Johnson we want to be looking at Jameson Crowder we want to be looking at Berrios as well Braxton Berrios Elijah Moore Jameson Crowder these are all guys that can operate on those quick slants near the line of scrimmage again with Johnson or Carter out in the background so what I'm getting at is that the this version of the Jets again not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination but this is the kind of offense that can sustain drives and get first downs it becomes very hard to defend and White made all the right throws the Jets protected him just enough remember that offensive line is not terrible they have allowed a lot of sacks but that isn't the only metric I like to go to the PFF line grade and that offensive line grade really not bad for those New York Jets let's go to the other side to the Colts and it's man it's it's funny the Colts really just do a little bit of everything it's a team I've been betting on all year now they've gone from being dogs to being heavy favorites now I'm okay with the Colts as being a favorite I think they do everything pretty well you know they can pass just enough they can run they can pass to the running backs and they play enough defense to get by but 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 the big shaking butt here is going to be the usage if you're looking for fantasy production and the pace if you're looking for that over I was talking about you know you got to add in the Thursday night narrative though I'm not too much of a narrative better I am into statistics Indianapolis Colts one of the slowest moving teams in the league at 29 seconds but they're also good for 35 yards a drive nearly three minutes a drive with a 73% drive success rate we know they could run the ball well with a negative 5% rush DVOA 4.28 adjusted line yards 26 attempts for 122 yards a game four and three quarter running back yards per attempt all of those things lean towards the clock getting eaten up all of those things lean towards the under Jets defense has struggled against the run at points seem to be said for the past you got to be careful with those Jets season long stats a lot of that was narrative as far as totals go but 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 another big shaking but what you're seeing here those stats start to catch up to the Jets that pasty is not good now on the season allowing 37 attempts 25 completions 275 yards a game the Jets have done very well against top wideouts they're only averaging 37 yards per contest I think that might be first in the league but where the Jets have gotten decimated is with running backs they're averaging 37 fantasy points a game against the Jets I think that's bottom two or maybe even worse eight targets 65 receiving yards per game from running backs so let's move that over to the Colts is it as easy as go after Jonathan Taylor not necessarily and I think that's the thing I was talking about as far as usage goes being frustrating for the Colts Naheem Hines is good for anywhere between four and eight carries he might even make a few grabs we've seen him have four catches at minimum three times this year one of those was last week against Tennessee in a close contest they've shown when they've needed they will go to Hines with passing game we have not seen Taylor have more than three catches in any one game since the first week since then he's actually had three games with only one catch not something you want to get behind and another one two three four five games with 13 receiving yards or less what I'm getting at is you got to be careful with a player like Taylor looking for work through the air 
there. I do believe the carries will be there, but he has not had more than 18. Now, granted, he's been extremely efficient. Not everybody needs 25 carries to get the job done, but let's not pretend it doesn't hurt. Taylor actually broke off two monster runs last week he didn't get credit for. Colts have been having trouble with holding penalties. So I do think the Colts win this one, of course, but I am afraid of the cover. So I would never touch minus 540 juice. Don't think I can get behind the 10-point cover. Not sure I like the Jets enough to keep it close. So I know there are handicappers and touts out there that force picks. You got to play this. This is the pick. This is the play. Not every game warrants a bet. So I think I'm staying away from the sides and totals on this one. I did pop on to DraftKings to look for player props. Weirdly enough, they are not posted. Now, generally that has to do with injuries or something like that, but there are no player props posted on DraftKings outside of touchdowns. One of those I did have circled was Michael Carter, anytime touchdown at plus 160. Love that. People are going to be looking at Pittman at plus 120. I'm not sure I could really get behind there. Let's do a quick, quick little bit on the Colts passing game and Pittman in particular. Now, if you're following my work and you know I'm into stats coming from baseball, I developed a little triple slash for wide receivers. Target share, air percentage, and A dot, right? You want at least 20% of the target share, at least 25% of the air yards, at least a double digit A dot. Pittman has all of those. 24% target share, 36% of the air yards, and 11 A dot. So everything is in place for him. However, yes, we saw the monster target output last week. We had not seen that since weeks two and three. The two weeks prior, Pittman maxed out at four targets. Now, like Taylor, he can be extremely efficient against San Francisco. He did go for 100 yards, but it was for four, 105, and one. The week before, two for 35. I mentioned the Jets' ability against number one wideouts. Let's take a quick look there where they faced the Panthers. They topped DJ Moore out at 80. Nobody on the Patriots went above 40. Tim Patrick, he got up to 98, but then the next week they smushed that hobbled Tennessee lineup. There was no A.J. Brown, but no one went over 63. Back to Atlanta, where no one topped 53. Against New England, where no one topped 68. Over to the Bengals, where Higgins hit 97, but again, it was on a lot of efficiency. So what I'm getting at is the Jets' pass defense is not an automatic smash for the opposition. When I find myself in situations like this, I like to look for the bet that covers the most bases. So for me, that one is the receiving plus rushing prop for Jonathan Taylor. I can't look for him to go over on either of those. Again, we've seen that with the balance and the lack of bell cow work, but Taylor's always good for something. And that's where I like to focus. Plus, if you keep a more conservative approach in mind, betting the receiving plus rushing props really hedges you against different game scripts, right? If the Colts do fall behind and end up passing, the rushing prop could get left on the shelf. Same can be said in the inverse for receiving. So that is something I like to keep in mind. I really do like those props we hit Darrell Williams on the primetime game against the Giants I think neither the rushing or receiving prop hit on their own but there you go when you mush them together we got it both because of that flipped game script that I was just talking about so don't really have the smash spot here I would lean towards the Jets plus 10 but I'm leaving that alone I do like the Michael Carter anytime touchdown at plus 160 and the Jonathan Taylor over receiving plus rush props if you can find it so everybody thank you so much for sticking around and picking up what we're putting down here at the Daily Blitz Podcast with your host, John Legaza. Don't forget to check out the Friday show where the real host, Han Solo, will be in the captain's chair. That's Matt Williams. Follow him at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A 
A-M-S. Give us a rate, a review, and a follow. Get up in the comments on Twitter if I missed anything or you have any questions entering the weekend. We're here for you any time of day, any day of the week. So thanks again. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Everybody take care of yourself. Peace.